for the music. Matthew chapter 28. Come on, you got me? Oh, Corbin. Matthew chapter number 28 tonight. Acts chapter number 2. We'll read Matthew 28, then we'll turn to uh, Acts chapter number 2. And I look forward to what the Lord has for us. I believe this is message number 16 on the Great Commission. Uh, I'm good at math. This morning was 15, so that means tonight is 16. And so uh, excited about what the Lord has for us this evening. It'll be very practical, but I believe it'll be helpful and a reminder for us. And I'm certainly thankful for what the Lord is doing. Let me remind you very quickly, uh, double portions are theme. We're, we're trying to double uh, our attendance on Sunday morning, and we are well on our way. As was already mentioned, uh, my wife and I, kind of an afterthought, we decided last minute we're going to go grab some lunch today. We were talking today. And it was nice and quiet because just the kids weren't there. And so you were just uh, talking for a minute. And she, she said, she said, there's so many people this morning that I have no idea who they are. I said, well, babe, you got to be friendlier than that. You have to introduce yourself. And uh, some of them have been here for years. No, uh, but uh, it is true uh, that I'm thankful for that, that uh, uh, Lord is adding to his church and a lot of new people coming in. And I'm certainly thankful for the opportunity that is before us. And uh, it just reminds us that there's still a need for people to be saved. And there's people looking for salvation. Uh, there are people who are looking for a church like this church. Don't believe the lie of the devil uh, that these, the church like that stands where we stand, believes like we believe. You can call it a traditional church. I call it a, a New Testament church, a Bible church. Uh, people still looking for that. And uh, so uh, I want us to just continue to press forward, be excited about what God is doing, and uh, anywhere you can get involved, get involved. Tonight, I'll read, uh, we'll read the the... the Great Commission again together, and then we're going to turn over to Acts chapter number 2, uh, but we read in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Because of time, and because this is message number 16, I'll not go through what the Great Commission is just understanding that we realize it is what God has commissioned, Christ commissioned us to do, to win people, to get them plugged in, to get them uh, winning other people. And so uh, we see that admonition. I want you to turn over to the book of Acts chapter number 2. In Acts chapter number 2, and we'll read the latter part of the chapter, verses 42 uh, through 47. And then after we read 42 through 47, we'll have a word of prayer. Keep your Bible open because we will be referring to this passage of Scripture and, and a couple other in, this, in, in the book of Acts here. And so uh, I want us to see this. In Acts chapter number 2, uh, we think about Christ's commission. And now we come to chapter 2, verse 42 of the book of Acts. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Uh, this evening I want to use this passage of Scripture, and I want to preach on this subject, the blessings of the Great Commission, the blessings of the Great Commission. We are commanded to fulfill the Great Commission. 
we should do that just because it's a command. But friend, there are blessings that come from the Great Commission. There are blessings that come from making the effort. There's blessings that come from fulfilling the Great Commission. We're going to look at some of those this evening. Father, we once again come to you asking for you to help us tonight. May the Spirit of God uh, work amongst us. May His presence be evident. And Father, I pray that your church would just be encouraged, be reminded of some simple, practical things this evening. And uh, Father, may we continue to receive your blessings. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we think of the blessings of the Great Commission, I want to remind us right out of the gate, there's a difference in uh, God's blessings and man's applause. There's a difference in God's blessings and man's approval. You and I should always be seeking the blessings of God. And oftentimes, if not every time, that is going to conflict uh, with popularity. It's going to conflict uh, with man's approval. We want to see the blessings of God. God does bless his people. His blessings did not expire last century. His blessings did not expire with a, with a past generation. His blessings are available and real, and we're experiencing them. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Because we're blessed. Because we experience the blessings of God. And so we look at the blessings of the Great, of the great Commission. We think back to when Christ, in the end of the book of Matthew, he assembled that group together, that early church, those who had left a life to follow Christ. We know his disciples were there. We know there were others there. We know there were some casual attendees there because there are many who were filled with unbelief. He gave them the commission to win the lost, to baptize them, to teach them and train them to go and win the lost. And so that's the commission. That was Christ's plan before he ascended into heaven. If you're familiar with the book of Acts, like, like many of us are, the, the first uh, chapter in the book of Acts, we have the ascension of Christ. I preached on that not too long ago. Uh, where Christ is going to ascend into heaven. In chapter 1 and verse number 8, Jesus spoke these words to those same people. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, Christ is telling them right before he ascends to heaven, ye shall receive power from the Holy Spirit. After you receive power, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth, and do what? Fulfill the Great Commission. Preach the gospel. He did not want them to just preach the gospel and go. He warned that's why uh, there would be churches that would be started. Uh, the gospel would be spread across the world. So this is what he mentions to them in verse number 8. We know then he ascends into heaven. Those, those men, those that were present there, watch him ascend into heaven. Then we see in verses 13 and 14, which I think are very key verses in the book of Acts. And when they were coming in, uh, they went up into an upper room. They left, they returned unto Jerusalem after Christ had commissioned them, after Christ ascended into heaven. And they, were, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. Oh, the disciples were meeting. This is, this is not just the disciples. Verse 14, they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. The church got together in that upper room, and what are they going to do? They're going to pray for the power of God, organized, and go out to win the lost. 
Chapter number 2, which we will get to in just a moment, we find the miracle at Pentecost. The 3,000 that were saved, the miracle that the Spirit of God did where men heard the gospel in their native tongue. It was not a, this, this, this uh, unknown tongue that you hear of the, the Pentecostals today. It was, a, it was they heard in their known tongues. Uh, it was not confusion. Uh, they heard the gospel in their tongues, a miracle that the Spirit of God did. So they meet together. They pray for the power of God. Then they go out. And I have to remind us that that is the exact order that you and I should be pursuing to fulfill the Great Commission. We must have the power of God, then go out. That's why many churches uh, are going to be missionary-minded, evangelistic, but yet we don't have the power of God when we go out. And you and I can't do what Christ has commanded us to do. We must have that power. So they assemble. They are one accord in prayer and supplication. And then they go from there. And then in Acts chapter 2, in verse number 1, uh, we find this miracle that I spoke of on Pentecost. Uh, and then let me read the first few verses of chapter 2. And when they, the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and in Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Persia and Pamphylia in Egypt and the parts of Libya around Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. God does this miracle. These Galileans get up and preach the gospel and we hear some representations there. Uh, every man heard the gospel in their own tongue. That's why they had to, to ask, aren't these men from Galilee? How come we can understand them? It was a miracle that God did. Again, I'll say because of the quote-unquote tongues confusion that you hear of today, uh, anything you say, well, they, they got the Spirit. No, they didn't. They got a Spirit, but it wasn't the Spirit. Uh, because there still hasn't been any, but they're, they're speaking in tongues that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, and the Spirit of God does not manifest itself. The Spirit of God always points to Christ. The Spirit of God always enables so that man can, can choose Christ, not draw attention to itself. You will not find that in the Scripture. That's just a little bit of doctrine to go with the message tonight. This miracle takes place. Peter preaches, and that miracle takes place. We come to our text in chapter 2, in the end of the chapter, and we see in verse number 42, well, let's look at verse number 41. And they that gladly received his word. Now, Peter is going to enter into a dialogue, we'll call it. Uh, it's a kind of a one-sided dialogue where uh, he lays out several things. He lays out their guilt. He lays out the faithfulness of God. He lays out a risen Savior. And men be, uh, are saved. 
we see at the end of this chapter, when verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So then in verse 41, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. That's the logical thing to do after you receive his word. Were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. That's a good day for the church. And so we see in verse 42, and they continued steadfastly. Who continued steadfastly? The church. The 3,000 that were added to the church. Now, there are some scholars, and if you have a Schofield Bible, you'll see some notes in there that says this is the first church. It's kind of hard to add to the first church uh, if it doesn't already exist. Uh, the church did not start at Pentecost. I mean, you're getting a lot of doctrine tonight, aren't you? Uh, it started when Christ called out the church. So the 3,000 were added to the church. And then they, the church, including those that were added, continued steadfastly. Now they're going to continue in, in doing something. They're going to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. What is that? That, that is the doctrine that Christ had taught them. They are going to go about doing what the church has been commissioned to do. And we see in verse number 46, And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. What were they doing from house to house? They weren't just breaking bread, although that was part of it. And you say, what kind of bread were they breaking? Well, it was, that was taco bread. That's what they were breaking. But anyway, they were breaking bread and what were they doing? From house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Uh, they were going house to house, and they were giving the gospel. They were teaching. They were training. They're fulfilling the Great Commission. Sometimes we get caught up in that miracle at Pentecost, and what a miracle it was. I'm not going to lie to you. If you tell me that you know, I could have, we could have 3,000 people added to the church, in one day, to have those thousands to preach to, and for them, that many to be added to the church, that'd be a good day. I'd be all right with that. Present a little bit of a parking problem, but, you know, we, we would deal with it. And I'm thankful for big days. We have big days. There's some big days that we have scheduled later in the year. We're going to do our best to get as many people on the property as we possibly can. We want to see, I thank God for, for a Sunday when one person gets saved. But there are times where we want to see as many people as possible get saved. And we want to rejoice in those. And quite frankly, it's a high point when you see people, a lot of people get saved. As a preacher, you preach the gospel, you understand it's God that does the work. And sometimes we'll never see the effect of one message because you don't see it when it happens. It, it, it's something that only eternity will tell. But I got to tell you, when you preach and a lot of people get saved, whew, you like those days. Those are those high point days. Can you believe how many people got saved today? Can you believe how many got baptized today? Can you believe how many were added to the church? Those are wonderful days, and I think the church needs them. I think, and, and we're going to be challenged to do that this year because I think this world needs to see that God can still do that. 
But that's not what I want to focus on tonight because that's what we often focus on. Man, we can add 3,000 in one day. What you think about that? Preachers would be lying to you if they weren't thinking about how many tithers that was. I mean, that's just, I mean, you, think, you think about that? But it was not, Pentecost gave them that jump start. God blessed that Pentecost is a specific miracle for Pentecost. But where the church went from 3,000 to 100,000 is found in verse 42 through 47. They continued steadfastly in what? Fulfilling the Great Commission. Giving the gospel, baptizing into the church, teaching and training. How do we know that? Because in verse 47, we find that the Lord added to the church daily as such should be saved. You're added to the church the same way now as you were then. Uh, he said, what are the qualifications for church membership? It's, it's being saved and scripturally baptized. Uh, that's the qualifications. Uh, and so we see it was the commission that they were fulfilling. Now, you and I would probably come to the conclusion that although this early church had a lot of hardships, they faced things that you and I have never faced as a church. They faced persecution that you and I have not faced. But God blessed them, and they were blessed. Now, I want to point out with that as the foundation just a few things, and I won't be very long. My outline fits on one page tonight which may not mean we're short, but let me say number one, when the blessings of the Great Commission, what's one of the blessings? Souls are saved. Souls are saved. It's just logical that when you make a greater effort to see people saved, people are going to get saved. When we put time on our schedule to give the gospel, it may not happen every week, but at some point somebody's going to get saved. If Christ is the focus of the, of the service, then somebody who's lost is going to get saved or have the opportunity to be saved. Well, it's a wonderful thing to be part of a church where people are, get saved. Church, don't ever take that for granted. It doesn't happen everywhere. It could happen everywhere, but it doesn't happen everywhere. We're thankful. We see week in and week out people trusting Christ as their Savior. Jesus still saves He's still willing to save. He's still able to save. When one of the blessings of the Great Commission is our people are going to get saved. Praise the Lord for that. You can't be added to the church if you're not getting saved. And so for there to be added to the church daily, somebody had to be getting saved daily. Somebody was trusting Christ. Somebody's kids, when dad went to work, he went out a lost man. And when, they, when he came home, they had a saved daddy now. Changed the home. It changed the, 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 the trajectory of those children. Yeah. Boy, what, what an opportunity to be part of something where people are getting saved. Heaven and hell, eternity is changing. Well, one of the blessings is to see people saved. Because God blesses us in a way where we see it often, don't ever take for granted the fact that we see people saved. Don't take for granted that people trust Christ as their Savior. This morning on this property, there are people who trusted Christ as their Savior. What a wonderful thought. No matter what part you played in the service today, you can lay your head on your pillow knowing that you had a part in a church that somebody got saved. Somebody got born again. Somebody's eternity changed. Somebody was on their way to hell. Now they're on their way to heaven. Souls are saved. What a blessing. 
you know, God is blessing us in a lot of ways, and there are things to, that are coming very, very quickly for us to get things built and for th- us to, to be able to reach more people with the gospel. But never take for granted the fact that God's blessing us now because we see souls saved. Say, so Pastor, do you, will you get, do you get discouraged? And have you ever been discouraged at the fact that there's been times when we had Sunday school classes under oak trees because we didn't have enough space? No. I'm still trying to imagine where 100,000 people assembled together. I think they had space problems too. Well, you get, we live in a tent. We live in a tent. Well, I might be living in a tent after the joke earlier, but uh, uh, we, we have church in a tent for a little while. You have time. You have to have two or three in, in services. And all no. no. Why, why is that? Do you get frustrated because we wanted to build two years ago? We still haven't started building? Well, I, gotta, I can't lie to you. There are, it's a frustration, but I'm not for changing course. You know why? Because people are still being saved. People are still getting born again. When that dries up, now we've got a problem. Something's not right. And as long as we keep the emphasis of the Great Commission, one of the blessings, our souls will be saved. Number two, the second blessing I'll point out tonight is the Holy Spirit is present. You cannot read Acts chapter number two and not see the evident presence and power of the Spirit of God. It's there. If you take out the Spirit of God in chapter number two, you do not have Pentecost. You do not have 3,000 added to the church. You do not have the miracle. The Holy Spirit is present. You know who's involved in people getting saved? The Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit's who convicts. The Holy Spirit's who empowers. The Holy Spirit is present. And I'll not get into it tonight because we just don't have time, and I've taught on this many times before. You can you, you you, you say, well, we, we're going to get a worship band and a worship team, and we're going to color the lights, and we're going to do all these things, and we'll get the Spirit of God. No, you're guaranteeing that you won't have the Spirit of God there. Because the Spirit of God points to Christ. The Spirit of God, if, you're see, if we're preaching the gospel, if we're seeing souls saved, the Holy Spirit's going to be present in that work. There's none of us that can leave the day knowing that souls were saved say, yep, it's all about us, isn't it? Because the Spirit of God is not here, there is no conversion. There is no conviction. Uh, The Holy Spirit is present. I am going to preach on this at some point, but the power of the Great Commission that we find in Matthew 28 and verse 20. There's a power. God's given us the method, but it's more than the method. It's the power behind the method. You and I can't do things in our own power and have the success that we can have without the Spirit of God. Kind of a side note away from the Great Commission, but oh, every parent needs to pray for the wisdom and the leading of the Spirit of God. Your children are challenging. If they were all the same, it'd still be difficult enough. But those of you who can testify, the more you have, the more different they get down the line. You need the Spirit of God. To, to, to have a successful marriage, a Christ-honoring marriage, you have to have the Spirit of God. To live a life that is pleasing to the Lord, you can't lean on your own understanding. You can't trust the way you feel, because that can change five times in five minutes. 
We must lead, lean on the Spirit of God. If there's anything that God's people need today, it's the empowering of the Holy Spirit. If there's anything that God's people need to get back to and say, Lord, we, we have to have your power. We have to have the Holy Spirit. And say, well, every Sunday I'm like, I'm hope, I, I go through my mind. And I pray for, 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 for different uh, visitors. And I pray for, of course, many of, of you. And I pray for that Sunday. And say, I hope so-and-so is there. And I hope so-and-so is well enough to be back today. And I hope that these people are there. And I, and I hope that those visitors that we've been, been thinking about and praying about and visiting, I, I hope they're there. I hope those that I've been texting back and forth this week, I hope they're there. I hope those that I've visited, I I hope they're there. But more than all of that, I hope the Holy Spirit of God is there. Because we can pack this place out. We can put a body on every inch of this property. And if the Spirit of God is not there, we are not blessed. We do not have hope. We do not have help. We must have His power. But I promise you this, a church that says, let's just fulfill the Great Commission, the Holy Spirit's going to be present. You hear it from visitors. I've heard it today. I heard it last uh, week. I hear it every single week of the world. There's just, I mean, I just really enjoy it today. There's something different. It's the personality of the pastor. That's what's different. It's the, it's the, it's the preaching. That's what's different. No, I know, I know exactly what they're saying. It's the Spirit of God. It's His presence. When the Holy Spirit is here, it don't matter who's standing behind this pulpit. It doesn't matter what is taking place. Because when we are pursuing the fulfillment of Christ's command, one of the blessings is the Holy Spirit is present. There's, there's been so much change over the last 20, 30 years in our churches, and it has not been good. We want to change this, and we want to tweak this, and we've, it's a new day, and we've got to do all these things. And I want, to, I want to go back, and I want to ask some and say, because they've seen the demise. It's been long enough that now the building is half empty. You sit there, and, and it's dead. The autopsy just hasn't been done yet. I want to ask, did you not consider that the most important thing is the presence of the Holy Spirit? Christian tonight, let me make that application to you and I. When we make our decisions and we make our choices, do we not consider we must have the Spirit of God in our life, in our home? We must have His presence. And one of the blessings is when you're pursuing lost sinners, and we're part of a church that's fired up about reaching the lost and, and seeing new Christians grow in their Christian life and confessing Christ as their Savior and becoming part of His church and, and growing so that they might reach some else. I promise you that pleases God. I promise you one of the blessings is the Spirit of God is evident. You cannot help but read of this early church and know the Spirit of God is there. I gotta be honest with you, as a Christian, as a preacher, and as your pastor, I read the book of Acts, and it's the Spirit of God that makes all the difference. What about the boldness of Peter, the boldness of Paul? That goes from the Spirit of God. What about 3,000 people being saved? That comes from the Spirit of God. What about those early martyrs, those Christians who stood? It comes from the Spirit of God. They turned the world upside down by the power of the Spirit of God. Wait, what were they doing? They said, we'll obey the command. And when you obey the command, God will empower that command. There's too many waiting, saying, God, you just go ahead and do it. And they will, we'll go, no, go obey the command. 
If we're pursuing the bless, if we're pursuing the, the, the Great Commission, one of the blessings is the Holy Spirit's presence. Number three, one of the blessings of the Great Commission is miracles take place. We read at the beginning of the chapter that miracle where every man heard the gospel in his own tongue. We're reminded throughout this chapter and even into the next chapters of the miracles that would take place. And what we see in verse 43, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. God did miracles that people were not used to seeing. And when God's church is alive and people are being saved and added to it and the Spirit of God is there, there are miracles that take place. And then people have to stop and take notice and say, that's different. God's doing something. God did something. Very practically, and I certainly as a church, we can testify of some miracles that God has done for us and is doing for us. And I am confident that if we keep our focus on what we're focused on, even this year there'll be miracles that we don't even, aren't even aware of tonight. Because God is going to provide a way for people who are trying to fulfill His command. There's a lot of times we as Christians, we're like, and a church can get this way. Well, God's got to do this. No, God's, go fulfill my commission, and I'll give you everything that you got to have. Go fulfill the need, and I'll give you the things that you need. I'll provide the miracles, and miracles took place. Well, I look around even this evening, and there are miracles sitting in the seats tonight. It's a miracle that all of us are saved. But it's a miracle what God has done in our life. Some of you are just, you are so shocked at what God's done with you. You were skeptical. I don't go to that church. I just don't know. Then you leave and you're like, man, I don't know what to do. I actually liked it. I got something out of it. I feel, I feel something. I feel a kindred spirit there. I, that's, that's scary. That's, that's, I, I don't know what to do. Well, it's a miracle when God puts this group of people together from all backgrounds and from all different experiences and, 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 and coming from all different ways of life and can, for God to assemble this kind of people together and make them of one accord. That's a miracle right there. Especially when you put Baptist on that. That's a bigger miracle that we can all be of one accord on anything. Miracles take place. That's a blessing. Well, we've seen miracles, haven't we? It's a blessing to see that. Well, I mentioned earlier, not everybody gets to, not everywhere you see people say that God's privileged us. God has blessed us. Not everywhere is there miracles like we get to see. I'm not saying miracles are exclusive to us. I'm just saying one of the blessings of the Great Commission is God's going to provide a way. See, Pastor, how are you so confident that we're going to build this year? Because I know that when we fill this building up, God's not done. I know He's not done. But what, 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 the parking lot's full. Okay, well, He's going to provide some more parking. The how? We're just going to cut the grass a little, 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 little closer on the outside. But God's going to provide the parking. God's going to provide a way. But we need a miracle. We need God to open this door. We need all these things. It will happen. Why? Because God's going to do miracles on behalf of those people who are trying to fulfill the commission that Christ has given. I still believe that God in heaven is looking down and he sees a group of people together and they may not be the, the most polished group. They may not be the most talented group, but they're, they're a group that says we as his church are going to fulfill the commission that Christ has given us 
We're going to do the best we can do with what we have. We're going to make it our focus. We're going to be in one accord. We're just going to do our best to see somebody saved. We're going to do our best to get one more family in church because we know what church will do for that family. We know what church will do for those children growing up in Sunday school and going through all the ministries. It'll change the trajectory for generations of that family. That, that's what we want to accomplish. There's a God in heaven that says, I'll empower that. I'll get behind that. They're going to fulfill what my son has commissioned them to do. I will do miracles for them so they can fulfill the commission. That's a blessing. There are things you and I cannot do that he will do. He will do miracles. Say, Pastor, we need a miracle. We're in a perfect spot. It's going to take a miracle to get everything built around here. That's the perfect place to be. We keep trying to fulfill the commands that we've been given. And why don't we just leave the miracle business up to God? Number four. The, uh, the fourth blessing I see in this passage tonight of the Great Commission. Of course, there's many more, but we'll limit it because of time. The church grows. Verse 41, we saw the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls, but that wasn't it. As they continued steadfastly, daily they went house to house. What were they doing? They were giving the gospel. They were following up. They were giving a Bible study. They were talking to somebody who got saved about taking that next step of getting baptized. They were talking about, hey, why don't you, why, why don't you, why don't we train in these things so you can learn? How can I serve? Well, let me, let me, let me tell you. Let me give you that doctrine. Let me give you the the things that the apostles have been told from Christ. It's the same thing we do with the Bible today. And in verse forty-seven, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church. Well, it's a good reminder for us that it's the Lord that adds to the church. But a byproduct of the Great Commission is the church grows. A byproduct or a blessing is the church grow. Well, I'm just not getting in this, all this, we got to have the church grow. Why don't we just honor the Lord? Well, if we're honoring the Lord by obeying his command and he blesses the church to grow, I'm going to vote in favor of that. Because the more the church grows, the more disciples there are to go and win somebody else. The more there is for God's people to do in reaching others with the gospel. I'm for the church growing. I'm for God adding to the church. And I've preached, I've preached and warned us of this in the past to get us ready for this year. Let's not get to the place where we got seats. That's good enough. I got a place to park. That's good enough. My family, my kids are benefiting the Christian school and the Sunday school and the, and the youth program. Or my kids have already grown and my family doesn't have any use for that anymore. Oh, friend, let's keep the, 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 the Great Commission as our focus so the church can grow. Because as the church grows, there's more people that are being helped. I think God is very pleased with more people hearing the Word of God preached. I think God is very pleased with more people being taught the Word of God. I believe God is very pleased with more people being a witness to their neighbors and to their co-workers and, and to those that, that they cross paths with. I believe God is pleased with that, and that is a blessing. 
I thank God for the number of people who has joined this church since the beginning of the year. And there's more than have joined that are, that, that are visiting and coming back and keep attending. And I do my best to run over them off. They keep coming back and they keep attending. And God must be in that. God must be doing something. The church growing is not the end all, but it is a blessing of the Great Commission. Because it's not just, I mean, it's the most important part. And Lord willing, I'm going to preach on it next Sunday morning, the conversion of the Great Commission. That first aspect, that's where it starts. That's not where it should stop. It should continue. Because there are miracles that can be done in the life of a Christian as if they'll grow in Christ. They may not lose their soul, but they can lose their potential. They can lose the influence they could have on this world if they don't grow. It's just, just a, 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 you can win a home to Christ, but if they don't grow, there's no guarantee that next generation will have the gospel in their home. It's important. It, that's a blessing of the Great Commission. Say, Pastor, at the beginning of the year is a great goal, and well, you challenge us to double our attendance on Sunday morning. Well, in order to do that, we've got to fulfill the Great Commission. And I could make that goal because the Lord impressed it upon me, but because I knew the emphasis that we're going to have on the Great Commission. I say, well, and you really stepped out there by faith to say we're going to double up. Not really. You don't seem worried that we're going to, we're going to get there. Not really. Because if we are fulfilling the Great Commission, God will do that. Because you can't fulfill it without that happening. But I'd like to see, I'd like to see our church grow. I'd like to be involved in the Great Commission. And I've preached on this before. There's lots of aspects that you and I can be involved in. It's not all the same. Uh, it, it's, not, it, it's different for everybody. All of us should have a part. That's a blessing. The church grows. Boy, it's a blessing for God to bring people to the church. See, there's two ways you can have your church grow. You can compromise for the sake of growth. And many through the years have done that. And they really haven't grown. They've just swelled. We're driving down the road. I think it was, I want to say it was me and Addie were driving down the road. Maybe it was Anna. Or maybe it was Alyssa. I was one of those, one of them, just the other day. You know how you say, you call all your kids' names trying to remember which one you're talking to? Somebody was riding with me. Maybe I was by myself. I don't know. <laughs> but there was a, it was Addie. There was a dead raccoon, and it was in the road. His legs were straight out, and it was swollen up really big. Why was it swollen? Because it was dead. A lot of it will compromise to grow. Because growth is the focus. Because there's 
status with growth or we feel validated with growth. God never commanded you and I to grow His church. He'll add to the church as we fulfill His commission. If we are focused on His commission, God is going to bless. How is He going to bless? He's going to add to the church. You know who brought you to this church? God did. Even many of you joined in just recent months. You know who brought you here? God brought you here. It's the Spirit of God that brought you here. God knows what this church needs, when this church needs it. You know, and there's people out there that need to be saved. They get saved to be part of this church. That's a byproduct. It's an exciting thing. And there's some in the service tonight who were baptized here and saved here. Now they're, they're not just here on Sunday morning. Now they're here on Sunday night. It's because of the effort of the Great Commission. That's, gross. That's a wonderful thing. But there's also people out there that we're not going to win the Christ. They're already saved. They've already been baptized. But God wants them to be a part of a church that's busy fulfilling the Great Commission. And the more that He adds, the more we're able to do. Didn't it just make sense that there's more people to give to missions, you can support more missionaries? Doesn't it just make sense the more people you add, the more you can, that can participate in a building fund? Doesn't it make sense that the more people you add, the more people that can tithe? And then God's work can go on and further the church grows a byproduct. Friend, you and I, we can, I preached on compassion this morning, you and I can stand where the Bible stands. We can hold firm. Well, it's just hard in this day. One day we're going to meet those martyrs who were devoured by those lions in the Roman Colosseum. I don't want it to ever have been put on my resume. Well, it was a tough day. Every day's been tough. We can hold the line in 2023, no matter who's the president. We can still be compassionate enough to try and win the lost, to fulfill that great commission. One of the blessings of that, God is going to grow His church. He is going to add to the church. Think about what a blessing it is. I wish, you know, we're, we, we're, we're emphasizing, of course, the Great Commission and winning souls and baptizing and joining the church. And we've got some things printed and being permitted, uh, printed because we want to, uh, you know, you can, whatever you want to call it, we want, we want to emphasize what the Bible emphasizes. Right. It's a blessing when somebody's added to the church because there's more that the church can do. There's somebody, some of you, I see your faces, I look around, you haven't been a member very long. But there's somebody that you've already been a blessing to. You've been a blessing to the pastor. There's somebody else you're a blessing to. But the church is stronger, which means the cause of Christ is stronger. More can be done. You know, we've done it before. We're going to have big days in the, in the future, I mentioned. If there's, we want to get all of our army of workers together. We want to go out this week and we want to see 100 people say, we're going to drop everything to see 100 people say, if we do that, we need to have 100 people ready to follow up on them. And the more people that are involved, the more people we can do. I, I said at the beginning of this uh, series when I said we're going to double, so all it is is everybody just getting one person in a year. 
That doesn't mean, I, Pastor, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not getting, I'm not doubling it by myself. Well, that's a lot of pressure on your staff. It did put more responsibility on them, but I'm not expecting them to double it. Everybody's just got to get one. You can get one. You can be a part in one being added. Well, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Don't ever, let's not take for granted the blessings of God as anything other than they're the blessings of God. I believe God is still blessing. I believe God can still build a great work. I'm confident that God's raising up a work here. I'm confident that he's doing something unusual here. And it's not because of this pastor. It's not because of you. Outside of, it's just obedience to his word. It's obedience to his commission. We say this, and as, as, as Bible believers, we say, God loves everyone. He sent his son to die for everyone. That's true. Jesus paid every man's sins. That is true. We've got to be focused on fulfilling that great commission. And God will add the blessings. But we're blessed people tonight. We are a blessed people. And you've heard me say, make this statement. I'll close with this. You've heard me make this statement. We've experienced the blessings of God. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting double those blessings. Well, how do we get them? We just focus a little bit harder, a little bit more on being obedient. If we're, seeing, if we're, if we're pursuing those who are lost to give them the gospel, God will provide a way. He will bless. Father, I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word, to tell the lost.